Hey, welcome to the MOD Report. This is the show where we talk all things HR and the crazy things we go through in the hospitality industry. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Giffen, and today I briefly discuss my experience and observations of what it takes to be a great leader while making observations of the captain on board a liverboard dive boat in the Bahamas. Then, in studio, we are joined by Lori Gray, founder of The Pie Bar in Long Beach, California, to discuss entrepreneurship and women in hospitality. Lastly, we'll dive into the final segment of the MOD report. I don't want to give too much away, but it involves chemicals and the evacuation of a hotel. It's not very often that I give praise verbally on a podcast or even in writing where I'm actually naming people by name. But I must say the experience that I had while going to the Bahamas on a scuba diving trip aboard a um, liverboard dive boat through all-star liverboards was one of the best experiences I've had. But not only that, the observations that I made of the captain and his entire crew really made me end up going into work mode at times uh, and seeing what it really meant and what it takes to be a great leader. So the entire crew aboard the Cap Palou out of the Bahamas in Nassau uh, which is affiliated with the main corporation, All-Star Liverboards, must be recognized for one heck of a great job. You know, as a professor of hospitality management that instructs in the area of strategic leadership and human resources, I believe that Captain James demonstrates what it really means to be a great leader. Through example, he demonstrates through servant leadership that he is there to first serve his guests, the crew, and then himself. Here are a few examples that I observed in which I admire. First, he eats his meal last after his guest and then after his crew eat. He waits for everybody else to ensure that they have nourishment and are taken care of before himself. Puts others before self. I love that, just selflessness. The second observation is, I notice, is that he's in the kitchen helping with dishes alongside his crew. He doesn't have that mentality of, I'm better than and you wash my dishes. It's no, he's actually helping the cook and the other crew members dry dishes and even make food at times. The third thing I notice is that he asks. He doesn't dictate orders to his crew. He asks them. Now, obviously, when safety is of concern and of the utmost importance or there's an emergency, of course, you have to be assertive and autocratic in your leadership role. But in this case, 95% of the time, he doesn't dictate. He asks. Number four, his, he, he, he's approachable. He, he commands respect and always has the safety of others in mind. Number five, he's last to bed and first to rise in the morning. 
These are some characteristics that are innate, and we can't teach those things. You can't teach those things. Furthermore, I would not be surprised if his vessel has less turnover of crew members as compared to perhaps another vessel that has a quote-unquote traditional captain. I spent many early mornings and evenings talking with other crew members outside of Captain James, and each member spoke very highly of him. And after spending only six days with these folks, I can see why. Morgan, Alex, and Martina work together like a perfect orchestra. Where the conductor, Captain James in this case, sets out a vision through coaching, discipline, and mentoring of all the players in the orchestra. They are very well in tune with one another and are willing to assist each other and help one another out. There's not this attitude of, you know, that's not my job and I'm not going to do that. That's his job. In fact, they go above and beyond their job description. Alex, for example, was always making sure guests were taken care of and was even offering to make them drinks pour some beers, grab another plate of food without even asking. He just did it. And his job title was engineer. His real job was to make sure that the light stayed on and the air conditioner was working and that the engine was well oiled. And yet there he is in the galley, in the salon, helping and going above and beyond. As for Morgan, Morgan was also... Um, in assistance to the crew, but he was also a dive master where I took some instruction from him to um, obtain some diving certifications. And as a trainer, as a teacher, he was very patient, very patient. And not only that, very genuine, caring, smart, and knowledgeable in all aspects of diving. One of my top favorite instructors was, was Morgan because of these characteristics. And as for the cook, her name, Martina, I swear, I, I gained over 10 pounds on that trip. Her cooking skills are top-notch. I'm not joking here. Her food was 10 times better than some meals I've had on major cruise liners like Royal Caribbean and Princess Cruises and Norwegian, uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines. I mean, her food was fantastic. And given the very small galley that she had, she cooked some amazing meals all throughout the day. So with that, it makes me wonder, if you're a leader and you are supervising others, are you a servant leader? Are you a servant leader? Are you there to serve your people and not your own ego or your self-interest? Are you, are you eating meals after your entire crew? Are you helping alongside your people? Do you ask rather than dictate? Are you approachable? Are you first to work in the office and last to leave? These are characteristics that are innate. And I genuinely hope, I genuinely hope that each and every one of you will dig deep and adopt a servant leadership mentality like Captain James.
I want to welcome Lori Gray, CEO and founder of the Pie Bar in the heart of downtown Long Beach, California. Uh, I first met Lori actually at a, it wasn't a networking event. I think it was, I just remember you passing out pies on the street. (laughs) What was that event in downtown Long Uh, Beach? It was Celebrate Downtown. So yeah, just celebrating like businesses and the community downtown once a year event. That's right. And when I tried that uh, pie in a cup uh, I was yeah. addicted and uh, have stayed in touch with Lori ever since for the last couple of years. So I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Ryan. Definitely. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this business of, of making pies and how did that come into fruition exactly? Well, I always loved to bake. So I grew up in Washington State on a ranch and my mom was a stay-at-home mom And so she was always cooking and baking and we had a garden and fruit trees and all that good stuff. So um, I learned to bake at a really early age and I just loved it. And then fast forward, you know, into my 20s, I I get married and I start a family and I start a career in banking, actually, not baking. Banking. uh, Banking. Like as a bank teller? Started as a teller and then went to loans and then branch manager and then finally marketing manager for about eight years. Okay. So anyway, uh, I'm in my corporate career and didn't have a lot of time to bake as a mom and working full time and all of that. So after banking, I actually then got into uh, nonprofit uh, development fundraising, did that for 10 years and then um, lost my job at the end of 2014. Mm. And so I was a single mom, I had two teenagers still living at home. And it was the holidays, so I was in a little bit of a panic. Uh, So I'm like, oh, what can I do to make some cash really quick? Uh, Oh, I know how to bake. It's pie season. I'll start baking pies. Hmm. So I just started out of my home um, kitchen here in Long Beach, and it just blew up. It And so I was like, oh. This is a thing. Yeah. Did you start at farmer's markets or when you were making these pies in your kitchen, how did you get it out to... Um, the community? So I used Facebook and social media just kind of to spread the word and just started word of mouth um, friends. And so word just spread. And so I would bake and then I would deliver myself. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like on demand delivery. Mm -hmm. And then I was doing pop-ups at uh, the Maid Mm. in Long Beach store made by Millworks now, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, downtown on Pine Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. And your product today I have seen it, I believe, Berlin. Yes. And you probably have it at other few places as well. Yeah, we have, um, you know, different wholesale accounts. We just um, added Modica's downtown here. And we have Berlin and Portfolio and Prime by Shenandoah down on 4th Street. So, yeah, different restaurants. Love it. Yeah, so your, your distribution is um, everywhere. It's not just in your 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 retail shop, you have your product um, getting out there to other places. For sure. Very good. Um, Tell us about the story. I read an article. uh, You were featured in Entrepreneur Magazine a couple of months ago. Do you remember what issue that was? It's the July issue. Yeah. Yeah. The July issue uh, right in the back, right towards the end of the magazine, the whole uh, write up about you. Why don't you uh, summarize real quick for our listeners what um, what this little oven 
<laughs> and the symbolism behind the little oven is all about. <laughs> the little oven that could. Um, so when I made the decision to leave the corporate world behind and start my own company, I told my mom, who still lives in Washington State, and she's like, oh my gosh, Lori, I have your little childhood oven upstairs in the attic. And so she actually mailed it to me here in Long Beach, and it still sits in the shop today. Yeah. And so one night uh, last year, I was just at home, and I read Entrepreneur Magazine all the time, and they're always on the back page is a story called What Inspires Me. Mm. And I had read about, you know, a woman baker, actually, and I was like, hey, I'm going to send my story in. And sure enough, they called me and did an interview, and... I was published a few months later. Love it. Yeah. Love it. It's a great story. Great story. Let's let's talk about challenges that you face as an entrepreneur um, and how you overcame um, those challenges early on when starting the Pi Bar. Um, I know, you know, I, I, I've met several entrepreneurs and um, small business owners, and it can often get lonely. There's times like... You know, I, you'll wake up in the morning and it's like, I'm going to be rich today. And then you'll wake up the next morning and it's, I'm going to be homeless today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then it's like your support base and your friends and like family. There's the haters and then there's the lovers. Like it's, it's so, it's, it's a roller coaster of emotions. Um, I, I, I think when, when I talk to entrepreneurs totally. and whatnot. So I, I just want to hear your thoughts as in terms of what challenges you may have faced early on when starting your business. Um, if any, and um, really how you overcame those challenges and um, any any support that you had, anything you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. I think the biggest challenge uh, starting the business was financing. Mm. You know, money, you can do anything with money. Mm -hmm. So when you have a business and you're a brand new business and a brand new concept, uh, no bank is going to loan you any money. So I took money out of my savings and 401k, and then I actually did um, a Kickstarter campaign. So I put it out there, ran it for a month, and we raised $30,000 just from friends and family and even total strangers that didn't know me but wanted to invest in a woman-owned business, mm. you know, a new business in downtown. That's awesome. Yeah. Was it Kickstarter national? Um, did you, I don't know how that works exactly. Or did, did, did Kickstarter really focus on the Long Beach market? Or A Kickstarter is a national platform, so people can find you, okay. you know, anywhere in the world, really. But um, I targeted just local okay. California, plus all my friends and family in yeah. um, Washington and friends back in New York. And so, yeah, yeah it yeah, that's go cool. everywhere. So a lot of some of those supporters, you mentioned some strangers and stuff um, potentially came um, out of the Long Beach market that wanted to support the local business and the local um, businesswoman and, and starting um, a pie bar. And at the time, if I recall, I don't remember, like there wasn't any kind of dessert no, type places, right? Not really. When we opened in 2016 on Pine Avenue, we were really the only dessert only place, right? Yeah. Like you could go to restaurants and get desserts, but um, so now there's other options as well. There's other dessert places that have come in. Romeo's Chocolate right. is our neighbor. Long Beach Creamery is open in the area. Saints and Sinners Bakery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it kind of was the start of the dessert yeah. trend. You, you started a revolution. Yeah, I did. I love it. 
I love it. Um, so you do more than just make pies. Um, I know I attended a pie baking class and it was an ex like an amazing night. Um, my friends still talk about it today. Um, but real quick, why don't you give yourself a little plug as in terms of what else you do outside of just making pies? I know there's some catering and um, you have wine and those kind of things. So uh, what else you got going on at the pie bar? Yeah, so sure. So we do specialize in pies. I knew I wanted to just be a pie shop, not a full bakery. Um, so our specialty is just handmade from scratch pies. We use really high quality ingredients. We make our dough by hand every day. So it's a very labor-intensive product. Pie takes a long time, mm -hmm. as you know, because mm -hmm. you took a class. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, it takes <laughs> about two hours to make a pie. Um, so, yeah, on top of the baking classes, which are very popular, um, we also do catering for weddings and corporate catering events, birthday parties, graduations. That season is going to be starting soon. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So... Let's talk a little bit about the human resources side of the business and um, what it takes to manage people. Um, I'm curious, as, I, as I'm sure some of our listeners, is how do you hire and retain great bakers? Yeah, it's always a challenge. Um, so I have my bakers that just bake, and then I have front of the house staff who act as servers and cashiers, right? So there's not a lot of crossover they pretty much have their own function mm -hmm. so for bakers you know i've hired bakers that have been you know trained in culinary schools and bakers that have just been a home baker their whole life and you get great people from both groups because really what you want when i'm hiring for a baker i just want the passion for baking mm. right because Food business is tough. You have to produce the same product over and over and over and over and over and have it taste the same and look the same. And people want consistency in their food mm. experience. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, really just a passion for baking. And also to kind of understand the science behind baking, measuring and how different ingredients interact. When we, you know, we bake a ton of pies over the past four years. Um, and very rarely do we have anything that goes wrong. But when we do, it's always time or temperature, right? That's, mm. you know, kind of boils down to the science of baking. Hmm. Yeah. So you hire for passion. Does yeah. that mean if you find someone who's truly passionate about baking, um, they're, they're, a, they're a home trained uh, baker but they come to you and you're like, yeah, they have the passion. They're excited. They're going to work hard, et cetera. Do you um, train some of the other technical side? In other words, you hire for passion, but will train the skill? Sure, because I can teach anybody a recipe, right? You know, mm. our recipes are all measured down to the gram and very detailed. So you can have anybody follow along with a recipe. But, you know, they have to be detail-oriented. That's also what I look for. Somebody that is going to follow instructions because mm -hmm. baking's very, very precise. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What what other challenges um, do you encounter, particularly maybe in the state of California versus what you may know about Washington State, where you're from, um, as it 
relates to employment law. Do you seem to find that you have more challenges here as a California employer versus if you were to perhaps close shop and relocate to Arizona or Washington or whatever? What are some things you might encounter in California that make it so unique that you find frustrating that... um, yeah, California. I love California. I moved yeah. here, born and raised in Washington and wanted to live in California for the sun and the beach. And so I love California. But yeah, operating a business is challenging. So many fees and regulations and taxes and that. And California is a very litigious state. So mm-hmm. you always worry about, is somebody going to sue me for something? I don't know. There's just so many things that you have to be aware of as yeah. a business owner in yeah. California, for sure. Yeah. It's like you went into this business cause you want to bake pies, but before you know it, you're suddenly feeling like you're a self-made attorney. <laughs> yeah. And the joke, you know, among business owners here is if you can make it in California, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> yep. Precisely. That's, that's exactly what right? I say about human resource management. Every day. Yeah, for sure. So if you had to do it all over again, if you had to do it all over again, is there anything that you would change or do differently? Gosh, um, I don't think anything really big. Like, I had never owned a restaurant before. I'd never really even worked in a restaurant before. I had bartended for about three months before I moved here to California. So that was really my only restaurant experience. Mm-hmm. So I've made a lot of mistakes and just kind of learned as I go, try not to make the same mistake twice. But I think probably the biggest thing I've learned as far as like employees and personnel is to hire people that have hospitality experience or have restaurant experience because that's kind of a harder skill to teach, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with food, you have all the health and food handling and safety issues to teach someone if they've never worked in a restaurant before. So, yeah. And some of my best employees have come from like McDonald's or Taco Bell or anywhere that a corporate restaurant has already trained them the basics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's, that's good advice for sure. So finally I ask all my guests, if you could go back in time and give one piece of advice to your 20-year-old self. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> I won't ask you how long ago, but if you had to go back, this is probably around uh, your college years or so, but around 20 years old, what advice would you give? I would say just to follow your dreams and don't be afraid about making mistakes because if you're... Making mistakes, it means you're growing and you're learning. And if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. So, yeah, not don't be afraid to take some risk. And definitely entrepreneurship is definitely all the risk. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Well, thank you so much for coming to the studio today and for talking with me and um, and sharing your story and your um, your passion for baking and, and, and the business. A uh, quick plug, and I'll, I'll let you close out the show, but a quick plug, definitely go visit, if you're local in Long Beach, go visit the Pie Bar. It's off Pine Avenue, or you can go to Lori's website, thepiebarlongbeach.com. And I don't know, maybe one day, 
maybe one day you might be able to box it up and ship it out nationally uh, across yeah. the globe. I know. Shipping is definitely a goal to be able to get pies because, yeah, I have a lot of people in other parts of the country that would like our delicious pies. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Absolutely. Welcome anytime. <laughs> Thanks. It's time for the MOD Report, the segment where we tell you about a crazy experience you've been through at your work location. Here's a piece of advice. Never assume that an empty bucket is safe to put other chemicals into it. There was a time when I had to evacuate a hotel floor because an employee utilized an empty bucket that formerly held ammonia in it and decided that for whatever reason to pour bleach into that bucket. The leftover contaminants of the ammonia bucket counteracted with the bleach and caused a chemical reaction that had this foul smell that ended up feeling like people were choking. The smell and the chemical made its way into the hallway and through the HVAC system, the heating, ventilation, air conditioning system, which caused those chemicals to pump through the air filtration system and into guest rooms and in the hallway and whatnot. So we had to evacuate as people were pouring out, wondering what the heck was going on because we felt like we were choking a bit. And we had to air out the property and it took about an hour for us to allow folks back onto that guest floor. So again, never, ever, ever, ever mix chemicals, particularly if you don't have a PhD in chemistry. Thanks so much for listening. The MOD Report is sponsored by InnoSpire, where cultures are built through innovation and inspiration. I'm Dr. Giffen, and we'll see you next time.